I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. You're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Repeticulture Network. Time's already flying. Felt Tis the witching hour. It is on Halloween. It's the witching Hallows hour. So I made my, my lights red. It's like I'm in the, the red light district. Yeah. This is the only black and orange thing I have, so why not? I've got the pumpkin over. Yeah, you that do. counts. Yeah, here. It's, it's <laughs> so where is yeah. yeah, it's it's reversed. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> Spooky time. Reverse. Bizarro world. I thought about cutting out little bat wings and putting them on the, the black and orange Gila monster. And I was like, no, I'm not a beardy mom. I can't do that. So I did not do that. The herp, the herp, um, my herp society, um, they had, it was mainly for kids to come and they had like a cost, a costume contest and that um, someone brought their sulcata and they put um like a costume on that. And it was, it, it was walking around with like spider legs so That's it was cool. pretty cute. <laughs> That's cool. Halloween, we got to do it. This is the Halloween episode. Yeah. It's awesome. There was a kid that had a really cool chameleon out- outfit on. Oh, really? Yeah, I was really into it. <laughs> like with the curled tail and everything? Yeah, and the and the um the like two like claw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's super cool. Ah. Well, ladies and germs, this is episode 141. Of snakes oh. and stogies. Yes. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween. My my porch lights are off. <laughs> like oh, yeah. Yeah. scrooge of Halloween. Uh, we <laughs> went to my off. we went to my sister's house and I, I only got one notification that my doorbell was rang and I looked and it's like a group of like six kids and they were like, He's not home. And they're like, Well wait, let's wait here five seconds and then we'll we'll see if he doesn't then we'll leave. And then you hear five, four, three, two one they're like okay he's not home and we and they all like just dispersed <laughs> i don't even know whose kids are. like I, I, they, I didn't even recognize them i don't even know who they were it was like y'all came to the wrong neighborhood there's like eight houses on my street and, and everyone goes there somewhere else so but yeah i actually i went out front for a smoke earlier like which was a bad idea you know i was like let me go out front and just poke around i left my porch light off there were no kids. It was really creepy. It was like a ghost Dude, town. Dude, it's getting weird. People are just going to other places now. Like everyone's doing the trunk or treat things ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um gone out of um vogue to go door to door. It's more just go to uh shopping areas and you know yeah. it's safer, I guess. I don't are people well, where's just the fun want- of <laughs> I don't really think it is though. I think people think it's not safer because you hear more of the horror stories because of the internet and stuff. Like I think it's statistically it's safer now than it was, you know, when we were kids. Yeah. Well, I guess there's like stories of fentanyl. Am, am I? Yeah, hearing, I don't am, know. am I? Um, do you guys hear that? You're, you're okay, good. good. Yeah, you're yeah. fine. No, you're good. Hear we, we hear the crickets, but as to the ambiance. Oh yeah, that's I can't do anything about that. <laughs> it's fine. I that's have what we do. I have baby skinks, and I'm really excited about it. So I'm feeding on them really well. 
nice. I'm feeding the I, I was worried that the parents because I'm leaving them with the parents and I thought oh I gotta feed the parents really well too but it was so cute I went over there tonight to feed them and um I look in there and the baby's like cheek to cheek with the mom like they're really social the African fire skinks yeah nice nice Seems like a lot of skink species are like that. Yeah. yeah especially like a gurney and stuff. Yeah, they hang out with each other, right? And oh, the yeah. um the monkey tails. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's a whole nother like yeah. level of, of communal. Yeah. It's really neat. Eating mom's poop and everything. Oh, like a turtle. Like a yeah. turtles do that too. Or tortoises. <laughs> well, tonight. It is our Halloween episode. We are joined by the wonderful Lisa Farina. And uh, this episode is brought to you by the fine people of the Pacific Northwest, the Gendra, the Puget Sound Pythons. Right yonder. Facebook, Instagram. Check them out. Puget Sound Pythons. And then blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Uh, hit us up. You're looking for a rack. Looking for a cage. Um, I don't, you may want to place your orders before Christmas cause things might start getting a little hectic. Like we know it gets hectic for, for shipping and stuff in general, but strike while the iron's hot. Folks. Yeah. I just put my order in for two foot sliders. Oh, yeah. Sure. About to go down. Yeah. What are you putting in them? Uh, I think I'm going to do, uh, a duet for pygmy rattlesnakes and probably a, pairing enclosure for serastes be because cool. i feel like they're really content being on by the, by themselves on their own but i kind of want to do like the neutral ground thing and uh actually jason keller's in the group right now i gotta pick his brain about how he did his introductions and uh kind of you know have like a uh you know romantic uh, hotel for them you know a little heart-shaped jacuzzi the works if keller says anything other than luck he's a liar <laughs> Ah, well, we have some some tricks and treats tonight. Smitty, want to tell them what we're doing? Uh, so I've got a whole box full of of swag garments here, uh, and then Phil had some stuff. So I don't, I didn't get enough pictures together for this. So we're gonna have to like pull some. Well, I figured there was the first picture you sent me, which. Was I'm with you 110%. And then I figured that was going to be for the new t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. And then I have three decals. I have I have several decals left over from Daytona. And but I have three decals that I never give to anybody who's not at Daytona. So oh. this is your chance to get one of these decals. And I have a small slash medium flex fit hat. So this is a size that a lot of people didn't get. I had an extra one. So if you have a small head, because I do not. Uh, I'm pretty sure Phil doesn't either. Uh, these things are awesome. It's it's not white. It's the THP like acid green yeah. color. My my lights make it look weird, but yeah. So I got that, and then I've got a couple different shirts, and uh, yeah. So we've well, we've got four species lined up. So we should we just get more species? I think or do so. Or do you want to save that box of goodies for next week? Or, yeah, let's do that. So let's do, let's, let's do rock that. the four. Yeah. And then that way we're not spending like 45 minutes doing this. Yeah. And so we're going to do, so we'll first one, ourselves. Do we want to save the shirt for last? 
Well, so you're doing the decals, and I'm gonna yeah, do. The well, shirt. I've got I've got three decals. I've got a Venom Exchange Radio sticker. Mm-hmm. I've got a Venomous Etiquette Video sticker oh, with the wrinkles. Hognose. Yeah, the, the the standing hognose, and I've got a Billy Hunt custom hand cut OG Snakes and Stogies vehicle window decal oh, for yeah. your tinted window. So I figured if you want to just do the four species that we picked earlier, and then I'll do I guess I'll do the two round stickers together. Maybe do the Snakes and Stogies one on its own, and then you do the shirt and the hat. There's four. Yeah. Is that cool? Sure. All right. Well, which one are we doing first? Uh, Don't say the species. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. All right. So well, actually, before we do that, what are you smoking tonight? Uh, at the moment, a Romacraft Aquitaine. We got the cranium side, the Toros. They call it cranium. It's Toro. Uh, got that size back in stock, and that is probably my favorite size in this blend. Um, and so I've been smoking them like crazy since Raj got them back in. And then I have an Oliva V double Toro on standby because i've also been on a real hardcore kick with those lately so yeah what are you smoking i have been saving this is my last box press cro-magnon from you and i've been saving it for halloween my god you've had that for how long uh you give it to me daytona this year yeah no way no yeah you no, did oh it had to be it had to be the year before that no that's not true we haven't no. had those in a very long time. I don't know. I, I thought you gave it to me Daytona. I, I mean, it, it tastes great. It feels great. So, And I was actually, excuse me, I was going to ask you. I always cut, because I'm such a fan of the cat's eye, you know, the V cut, if you will, especially the Calibri cutter that you got me. I always cut them with the horizontal line of the box press. That's usually what I do, too. But tonight, I was like, man, as long as I don't go too deep and I don't destroy the cap, I did it the opposite. Yeah. Is that weird? Do other people do no, that? No, I mean, I always do it with the grain just to have more surface area so I get sort of a better pull and it's not like bottlenecking. But these are two like great cigars. Like this is sort of the the Liga versus the T, the number nine versus the T52 thing. So like what Phil has is a Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro. So it's going to be rich. It's going to be fairly silky smooth sort of one-dimensional flavor wise doesn't doesn't really Very. change up a lot and then the aquatane is is a little more nuanced a little spicier a little pepperier got a little bit more of a kick to it um yeah and i i love both i kind of go through phases where i'll like there will be a couple months where i smoke more of the uh crow magnon there's gonna be a couple months where i smoke more of the aquatane just sort of depends. Same with number nines and T52s. You know, I yeah. prefer T52s for the most part. I think T52 is the best of the ligas. Nah, um, no, 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 no. Number nine or die. Mm. Yeah, but yes. Uh, so, are we? What are what are we going to put up first? We well, the hat. Let's... I mean, that, see, the hat. The issue with the hat is, is like, I'm I'm letting people know it's it's, it's small. Tiny. So if you got a big head, it ain't like or, tiny. But or your your child that's in, you know aspiring Herper. The Herper in the works, you know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So uh, we can do that. Yeah, let's do that one first. All right. So do I have. Wanna, do you want to use the first species that you sent me, or do you want to use one of the ones I sent? We'll do the first one. 
Because okay, I already cool. have them all pulled up and ready to go. Oh, um, oh, excellent, excellent, beautiful. I don't have to do anything. I, this I was is great. Prepared. Yeah, look at you, man. I was here like 20 minutes early. I was like, let me go ahead, get all this together. All right, so you guys know the deal, right? First person to drop the species gets it, and if no one gets it, then next thing is going to be the genus, and uh, yeah, so. And are we, are we straight up accepting common names? Um, as long as it's not like, as long as it's not like, you know, we're we're looking at a, obviously it's a it's a ball python, and they say, oh, it's a ball python. You know, if they say royal, will we accept it? Sure, sure. Okay, all right. Ah, what? I don't know. One of my windows, like these windows, are just all of a sudden popping up like crazy. Go away. Now, wasn't hold on wasn't this supposed to be the second picture i thought we were doing the pixelated no well i saw the no the uh i did this one first just because i feel like the first one was just too it was a little obvious to me it was was, yeah it was obvious to me too so this one i figured would be tough oh yeah uh and then we'll like i guess we'll obviously we'll reveal the species if it gets well, figured, guessed or it doesn't get yeah, guessed. Yeah, if it gets guessed, then we'll we'll reveal it. But right and now, go from my there. computer is having a really hard time doing. You know, it's it's because you tried to do it all nicey nicey, and that's yeah, just, that's exactly yeah. it. That's exactly it. Did I send you the link? To what? To the Google? I think I did. Hold on. I mean, I did. I, I didn't click it earlier because I was at work. Are you talking about the, the Flickr one? Yes. I didn't open the Flickr one because okay, Flickr is okay. such a pain no, in the ass. That's I have to fine. Sh- yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure because we're using an image. I wanted to give the person who did it. Uh, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I see a lot of good answers. And these are some of the ones that I knew we'd get for this. Like, as soon as yeah. I saw it, I was like, people yes. are going to be guessing oxyurinous like crazy. Mm-hmm. They are. I knew people would start going for Australia. And it's funny because I'm going to... Yep, inland was one of the ones. Um, it is not on the continent of Australia. So, oh wait, wait, wait! What do we got here? What do we got here? Are you seeing it, Smitty? I am, Mike Kosicki. Right. You sharp, sharp man. Very astute pupil. Look at that! Boom. <laughs> Dates at thirty-six. <laughs> <laughs> It is, in fact, a Cape Cobra. Uh, and this photo, let me see if I can pull it up. See, the that's the issue is like they they're so variable that I was like, I had a speckled one kind of lined up. Yeah, you and then I was you like, can't ah, do the gold. it's gonna be yeah. I was like, that people are gonna pick up on that in a heartbeat. Yeah, um, you can't, you can't do the gold. You can't do the the overly speckled. You know, I like that one because if it wasn't, if it was a little more rotund. It would totally be you yeah. know, a, a, yeah. a can of a, a, a mole snake, you know. But I also like I took out the mountains in the background and stuff, too. So this is a picture by uh, Theo. How do you do you pronounce that last name, Phil? If you were. In oh, the... I don't know. I, okay. I can't. I don't want to butcher it. But the Theo is a fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fantastic herper. He's an amazing scientist. He's done research in South Africa, Namibia, the Middle East, all over the Saudi Peninsula. I mean, great, great, great photography. And when I saw that you picked this one, I was like, 
fantastic first yeah, choice. But I was like, I had to cut out the mountain and stuff in the back. So I was like, if I just show this, people are going to totally go to Australia and think that that's where we're at. So yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> let's throw them a curveball, you know? So, nice. Is this in the Drakensberg? Uh, where does I don't think it says exactly. It doesn't? Okay. I don't know. But I love Cape Cobras. That's probably my favorite cobra species. So, yeah, man. Very near and dear, even though I'll never keep them. So, yeah. So, Mike got it. Naja Nevia. Winning that ball cap. He was quick on the draw with that one. He was. Man knows the snakes. I just, I love it. As soon as I posted, I saw the, the Taipans coming in. I was like, ah. They took, <laughs> they took the bait. They took the bait. They took the bait. That's All good. Right. Um, next up. We'll do some stickers. Sure. All right. So this one's going to be for the Snakes and Stogies vehicle window decal. Are we ready? I said go. Let's do it. Boom. Boom. And I don't know that genus is is fully yeah, acceptable, you, at least right off the rip. I'm gonna say yeah, you, <laughs> exactly. You can't say just the genus. We we will not accept just the genus. You gotta get closer than that. Because I'm sorry, this is a this is a super famous picture. And I was actually really apprehensive to pick this picture because it's so unique and it's in so many books. But if you're not into this type of animal, you may have never even heard of it. Yeah, this one was, this is, ah, see, I knew Venestis would come up too. That is yeah. not Venestis. It's a tough come one. On. I almost yeah. thought this one was almost a little unfair because we talked about this many moons ago. And I was, did. it was a species that I wasn't even sort of aware of. So. Actually, can I can I give a hint to can I give a hint to the species because we've talked about it in a particular conversation on this show? I mean, sure. I I don't I don't think anybody's really going to get it. So. I, I mean, yeah. Well, it depends on how many people are diehards and you know re-listen to us. <laughs> but this is a species of snake, obviously, that is in a natural area that is heavily protected by its local government so much that there is well, active gun. That there's active gunboat patrols patrolling the beach so that nobody goes anywhere near where this thing is found. Don't be using Google Lens either. No, no reverse <laughs> image searching. Yeah, right. And what's funny is if, if, if certain individuals have any number, of, I would say at least I've got probably four or five books in my library that have the same photo in it. So if you know what kind of snake you might think it might very well be, and you have that book or one of those books, you're you're in there. Oh, Gillen's close-ish. Yep, yep. Dustin's oh, not. He's getting close. He's getting close. <laughs> I will say I almost chose Malcomai for one of these, but that was another one that I felt was too almost too yeah. obvious. Is such a yeah. unique and like blatantly different species. Right. So. right. 
Yeah, I know Mike's seen that picture. I know Gron's seen that picture too. Keller's getting close too. He's 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 whittling it down. It is not Calliophus. Come on, no. It is not Canberriensis. Can we say that they're in the right neck of the woods? You are in the right neck of the woods. It is not Fasciatus. Uh, Fasciatus would be too easy, sweet D. So, Mike is oh, asks, see, Mike's yeah, yeah, baby. There we go. Now we're so. Now we're... I will say that this is an adult, but it really doesn't matter because the babies are extremely similar looking. That also does not narrow it down. <laughs> gotta see, we gotta feel like we're giving uh. them a clue, but we're really not. <laughs> Is it a sexual is is it sexually dimorphic? Like it is, it, it is not sexually dimorphic. And this is not like a hormonal blue. This is just how they look. Yeah, it's not photoshopped either. Yeah, it's definitely not photoshopped. And when I say that the babies look very similar, the babies are the spitting image, just not as rich a blue. I almost did a Schultz eye too, but I was like, that's another one where it's like yeah. such a cool species, but it was actually surprisingly hard to sort of think of ones that were like not super obscure to the point to where no one recognizes it, but also not so photogenic that it's not flabomaculatus. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. It's like you, you're picking a species that we've all seen but maybe just not that phenotype or maybe just maybe not the subspecies or whatever. And I will say that this is not a subspecies. This is its own species and has been its own species for a very long time. It's not Malabar. <laughs> you guys are all in the same, like you're in the genus. You're, you're there. All right. For not, um, nope, not Dinodon. What do we, we want to give it another 60 seconds and then we'll, we'll call it quits and we'll save the sticker for next week. Sure. All right. <laughs> Billy Jenkins says he needs more books. <laughs> no, this one was genuinely like when Phil sent it, I was like, that's almost cruel. And see, like, I'm really glad that Henry's not in this group chat right now because oh, yeah. Henry would have been he, like, he would have known exactly because Henry and I've talked about how we're going to try and get him. <laughs> uh no, but uh, very similar in pattern, very similar in stature. You guys are so close. So close. For the record, I didn't pick this one, too, just so we know. <laughs> Phil had to, had to take it there. Yeah, but this is, this is why it makes it fun, right? All right. We're going to call it. Yeah. We'll remember this snake next time. Yeah, exactly. No one's ever going to forget this snake. All right, Justin, show it to him. Let me... I closed Facebook. I didn't download the full image because I was like, I'll just show it in the messenger. Oh, no. The full image is, is where all the amazingness is. <laughs> Billy Jenkins says I wanted to keep the decal No my friend uh, Billy Hunt has stacked me full of decals So we've got plenty to give away Come on Facebook 
I was not not prepared. <sighs> the people Zuckerberg on the commute in the morning are going to hate this. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not in Solaris, Chris. Hey, what's up, Par? Open. Dog's age. Is keeping um, Timorensis pretty fun, Phil? Like you like keeping them? Timorensis? Yeah. I, so I have very, very limited Timorensis stuff because, <clears throat> excuse me, my Timorensis were not mine. They were Billy and Casey's. So I was just babies, basically babysitting them for a few months. Um, and I love them. They were fantastic. And then the minute I gave them to the boys, they just became just the stereotypical poop on everything, flail around, not be friendly. So I don't know if it was the transition or if it was just I had them when they were still in an infancy. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were um, but, still freaked out, so they were yeah. like not acting. Well, and that was they—they they weren't freaked out. I mean, they were so chill and so relaxed. It was very, very zen, just handling them. And I kept them in my bedroom because I was paranoid I was going to do something wrong. And uh, and they were just awesome animals. And to be honest, I feel like if someone had them as like a pet in a pet capacity, they would be so much more rewarding than they already are. I really feel like if someone like yourself got into them, I feel like you'd you'd really enjoy them and really appreciate them. Well, um, like I keep the green tree pythons and, um, what's really cool about them is they hide, they hide during the day, but they do, they have a system where they come out at night and they have their favorite perches that they like to hunt from. Oh yeah. And I, I imagine these guys do this, something similar. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely have their, their nightly routine and everything else. So, well, ladies and germs, this is Tremorosaurus buniana. The fairy pit viper. This is an endemic species to a small island area off the coast of Malaysia. And the island is home to many, many endemic species. So the government basically guards it hardcore from poachers. But there's also a ton of drug trafficking and human trafficking. So if you ever see like a tourist on the beach, they're not going to be there for very long. But yeah, Tremerserus buniana. I thought it was cool. Okay. This next one I feel like is going to be easier. We'll, we'll do the stickers, the other two stickers. Yeah, sure. All right. Venom Exchange Radio. Venom Aesthetic Videos. Stickers. Oh, I can't do the chat. All right. Ball Pythons 9 says, furiously Googling. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought this one was fantastic. What a great photo. I also and... considered this species, but I also wondered if it would be too. too well, I, I like this one because it looks like so many other animals, except for maybe this photo. Is that Pia? Is that Pia lurking in the shadows? I don't. I don't think it is. Hey, oh, by the way, Micah Sicky says, means I or means he. Uh, you are incorrect, sir. And in this group chat, we go by going I. So there you have it. What about Keller? Keller. <sighs> All right. 
I didn't even see it. Let's do it. Jason Keller wins the stickers. Australaps Superbus. The Lowland Copperhead. Told you it was it was too easy. But Keller knows the snakes. Man. Keller knows the snakes. He can't help it. Man's got exquisite taste. There you go. It's just a very oh, angry house wow. snake. How gorgeous is that thing? And there were more photos in this set from uh, this guy, Nick, on Flickr. And you could tell this was really cold weather. And I always just love how these snakes just handle the cold so well. It's awesome. I love how there's their version of Copperheads and then there's ours. Yeah, right? Very different. <laughs> very, very different. different. All right. <laughs> Dustin Grant says that man is obsessed with them. <laughs> so this this next one's gonna be I it's gonna be hard. Like I didn't even know what it was. I mean it's very, very hard. I picked this one for two reasons. And I, I'll I'll tell the reasons afterward. It's not a hot dog. I will say that. <laughs> it is not a, a rotten sausage. <laughs> Should we give some kind of hints? It's not a snake. It's not yeah, a gecko. A, we'll even go so far as to say it's an amphibian. And I think that if someone gets the locality and what it is in layman terms, I feel like that that could be justified, right? I at this honestly, I if if they just guess the the type of animal it is because I don't know any idea what it is <laughs> aside from what it is specifically. I don't. I'm completely unfamiliar with the. Okay, it's a, it's a dong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this Miguel. It's not a Sicilian. It's not a Sicilian. It has legs. See, at least I kept it to snakes because I was like, it's snakes and stogies. Oh. Timothy Verizon says I might know what it is. What do you got, Lise? I'll send you in private chat. Okay. It is not a siren. Oh, uh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yep, not a siren. It's terrestrial. It has legs. All right, well, let's we'll just do this way. Timothy Fryson, it is a salamander. Anybody wants to try and get closer than that? Maybe a country of origin, perhaps? I, I don't even know what country these are from, so. <laughs> okay. All right, we're just going to give it to Tim? Yeah. All right. If your dong looks like that, you better see a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let me pull up the full photo. They do not make this a quick process. Be prepared to be unenthralled oh it's so cute it is stupid cute don't you dare say unenthralled so this kids is the carpathos salamander which scientific name is oh my god it's a mouthful 
Lykia salamandra helversani, <laughs> which is the Carpathos salamander. And this photo was actually taken by the one and only Nipper Reed. And the Carpathos salamander is a uh, protected species of salamander endemic to the island of Carpathos in Greece. It's only found in Carpathos, and they're actually found in pretty good numbers. Um, but what's special to this is that it's a colder weather salamander, and Anna Maria, my lovely girlfriend, is from the island of Carpathos, and she's actually never seen one. So there you have it. That's why I picked this one, in case she's listening. We know Nipper's going to yeah, listen to okay. later. See, I, I thought it was just a mean trick. No. No, this is this is a, a truly endemic island species in Greece. So, Ooh. so now we know that I either pick them too easy or I pick them too hard. Great, wonderful. <sighs> I thought it was cool. Yes, Tim, you you were the the closest one with salamander. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much what I would have I would have thrown out there anyways because I, I I literally couldn't tell you what uh, anything about that species or what it was other than that it was a salamander so <laughs> yeah but is it not super cute I think it's pretty freaking sure. cute it's, it means damn adorable I mean I, let's be real there's them and fires I think those are the, the maybe Marbles. maybe maybe a smiling marble but those are like the cutest salamanders ever yeah just saying what we need to do. To just make, I don't know, we could either like keep doing it to where it's just like random stuff from around the globe, or if we stick to a continent that week, I don't know. But yeah, well, I, I kind of like it when it's hard. And when it was easy last week, it was kind of, I think this is more fun. Okay. It'll make people want to go back and see what it, what it was that yeah, was that's so hard. Definitely, definitely. Maybe. Yeah. And uh, Keller, text me, man, with the address you want me to send all the stickers to. Yes, Mike. So. Me as well. Nice. Well, I think that was fun. We all learned a little something. <laughs> and uh, yeah. More Let's, stuff next week. Yeah, more stuff next week. More like tricks it. and treats. Yeah. So what's happening? I just... um hatched out recently some baby fire skinks which are yes. super common but they're adorable yeah but and they're not they're not always wild or a uh, captive bred you know you captive yeah. bred them that's and so they just, cool they just hatch in the enclosure with their parents i didn't i didn't dig them up until i saw one and i was like what there's a baby in there and then i found two more and i found five more eggs so i took the oh, eggs wow. out and i have them in a um I, I took them away and I put them in a like a little cream cheese container with some moss. How tiny are they? Like how small are they when they're? They're um, probably a little over an inch, maybe an inch and a quarter. Wow. They're pretty small. And um, th my favorite thing is is um, seeing them interact um, with their parents. You know, that's what uh, Phil was talking about earlier, wanting to see. Um, keep snakes together to see the interaction. I'm really into that. Like it's scary sometimes because you, you don't want the bad thing to happen, but mm -hmm, you never yeah, know yeah. something good might happen too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've heard. So the people that I've, that I've heard talk about fire skinks that kept them 
seem to really enjoy them. Like the people that had them, it wasn't just like, yeah, they're cool. They're fun. It was like, these things are extremely enjoyable to have. And I've... Oh, they are. They're so food driven. It's super easy to tame mm-hmm. them. Like I-, I think they'd make a really, someone who's interested in getting a reptile and has no experience. I would 100% say get, get a fire skink. They're so easy. You just, all you need is a fish tank, throw in some dirt, put some, plants in there you have to keep the plants in a pot because they dig they're uh diggers and they tunnel Mm. so they'll dig up any plant but if you keep it in a pot and then when you water the the plant in the pot just let the water spill out over Mm -hmm. so i keep one side dry and another side um to more moist and that's where i have most of the plants and um and then i just have a um you can just buy those um heat heat mats from the pet shop they're Mm -hmm. just like it they don't get really hot but they stay warm and so they can if they want to be warmer they can because they sleep at night they go burrow under the soil and they they can figure out where they want to be yeah i've um, I've got those zoom ed ones that you're supposed to stick on the side and what i want to do is if it's a if it says it's for 10 gallons, I'll get the one for five gallon. You know, I'll get like a, yeah. a, a, a smaller power one, but I don't stick them on the side. I'll do what you do and I'll put it on the bottom and I'll leave the, um, that like protective plastic on there. You know what I mean? That you're supposed yeah. to peel off that has the adhesive. I'll leave that on there. It's kind of like an extra layer. And that way, if the animal wants to dig and get closer to the warmth, it can. And if it doesn't, then it just sits on the surface. Yeah. And the other thing I really like about them is um, unlike some other species, like um, my, I had the Aki, um, I ended up um, finding a new home for her not because I didn't enjoy her, but I live in a small house and my house was just like hot all the time trying to keep (laughs) that thing warm. Yeah. Yeah. So the skinks don't need a lot of heat. They, and um, the only thing is, is that they do during the winter, they, they do kind of, they don't, hibernate or brewmate but they do go a little dormant and so you won't see them so if that would if you don't like that then you wouldn't (laughs) like them but other than that they're awesome like so easy so cute they like you i can do little like circus tricks with them because they'll follow the (laughs) i can tongue feed them and they'll run around climb up on stuff they're almost like they're like actual pets like unlike some um (laughs) You know, like keeping fish or keeping some reptiles, it's more like, you know, you watch it. These are like pets. You can play with them. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. You just had sat... out... What's that? No, no. Seriously, going to say something. I was going to say yesterday I sat with the Aki cage open for probably 20 minutes and just a bowl full of mealworms. And I, Marv was out the mail and I would just throw them in his direction. And after a while, he kind of figured out that like that movement of my hand meant food was like right near him. So I was trying to get him sort of like just to not trying to like get him to come to me or like come on my hand and and get food or whatever. Um, But just like, okay, the giant apes here, the doors open. He's not hurting me, but there is food showing up when he's here. So trying to sort of like, I guess, start back in sort of the, the, the bare bones of acclimating. Yeah. 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 Get him used to it. Yeah. Ackies are like that too. They're like pets, you know, you could train them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you just hatched out a gecko too. Oh yeah. Um, talk about small. Um, the <laughs> Crazy egg, small. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ganyatodes uh, albuculares or something. I don't, please don't ask me to uh, speak Latin. <laughs> um, yeah. 
the yellow headed gecko. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. So that I got, is a species I have been super tempted within the last couple months to just get like a small group of them. Yeah, they're and keep cheap. them. Yeah. The males are gorgeous. And I think I've, like Gron has mentioned it a couple of times and he's like, man, you're not going to see them. You know, they hide, they're very shy and they're wild caught, you know, but that just seems like, I love small, like miniature species. And I feel like those would just and be unlike the morning geckos, they don't escape. Like, I don't know why, because they're shy. Maybe they're just like, I'm staying in here. Secure, I found a yeah. place to hide. I'm not leaving it. Yeah. Morning geckos. They're like, Oh, here's a tiny crack. I'm out of here. I'm just finding morning geckos everywhere all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the um, the yellow-headed gecko. I just I got a male from the pet shop just on a whim. I had an empty tank, and that was planted, and so I put him in there. And then um, after keeping him for a while, and like you said, he was shy. He like he he would come out, but as soon as I would be like, oh, there he is, and come up to the tank and look at him, he'd, he'd be, I'm out of here, and, and he would just disappear. <laughs> but I got him a female, um, and that female, she hid, and she she never came out. I She must have died because she was too, too afraid. So I got a second one, and the second one I got, she was awesome. She would i could um throw the food in there and she would just because she was on it she wanted to get it before Mm -hmm. him she'd run out and eat in front of me um and then um about a month ago um we had some rain and it got cool so i um when it gets cold before um like this time of the year when the weather is like hot cold hot cold i i don't i don't want to go run and adjust all the thermostats so because I'm doing so what I do is on the cool days I open my blinds and it lets more light in and it warms Mm -hmm. up the reptile room so um I did that and then like the very next day it got up to the 90s and the or my rip reptile room got up into the 90s because it warmed up the next day and um I hadn't seen her for a while like for a few days and she's usually out there begging for food so I, 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 I dug around to try to find her. I couldn't find her, but I found two little eggs. So that's why I was so happy when um, I hatched out the egg. Cause I, I, my guess is that maybe there was compl- I didn't know she was gravid and um, I'm thinking maybe the heat spike got to her. Yeah. And, um, so I was really happy that the egg hatched cause it, you know, she didn't, die in vain (laughs) yeah yeah of course it sounds so callous when we just say oh it died but i mean it happens in nature it's happened yeah yeah and and it wasn't in vain like you said yeah you know i actually i showed anna maria your video of the little baby walking on the cork bark and i was like uh, because we were talking about having you on the show and i showed her and she's like oh that's really cute i was like no no no, wait for it wait for it and then you see your finger coming to the camera and it's like holy crap it's so tiny yeah i'm just keeping it in a um like in a, a takeaway tub that like get yeah, like soup, in or soup container i yeah, just yeah, poke yeah. holes in it and put some moss in there and some bark and um that way because it's you know it can't see outside so it feels really secure in there and i'm just putting um pinhead crickets and um flies in there it seems like it's eating because it looks like it's growing it looks pretty plump so that's the way to do it there's one more egg that i found and i um i tried to i I thought of you phil because i was sitting there trying to candle the tiny little 
Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's like a shriveled up, you know, when you get uh, Chinese food and you put it in the fridge and there's the, the dried up pea the next day. Yeah, yeah. The, wrinkly, the wrinkly pea. It's like the size <laughs> of a dried up wrinkly pea. <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> but but they don't. I, they don't I like hear them to things like other geckos do. They bury them. No, they just. She had just laid it right on top of the substrate, like kind of in the no, path. Yeah. So that's so just here. Saying. You go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. It's easy, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I found them, and um, the, I'm glad I found them because I that tank has an overgrowth of the um, the little i the dwarf white isopods, mm-hmm. and those things are crazy. They eat everything in sight, and yeah. they won't. There's tons of them in there. They, I tried keeping other like cool ice pods, and I think those things just outnumber them so much they outcompete them. Yeah. I can't keep anything else in there. Yeah, I actually went looking to get some isopods for some of the stiletto snake stuff, and they got really expensive. I was shocked at how crazy isopod prices have got. I gotta hit up uh, Jeff and Kendrick. yeah, that's how it was when I was doing dart frogs and I needed them. I was like, what happened to just isopods for vivariums as cleanup crew like i don't want to collect them all it's not i don't need the pokemon isopods i literally just need <laughs> the ones that yeah. are going to eat things yeah yeah i was i was looking at a local pet shop it was like 10 or 12 dwarf whites for like 16 17 dollars it was crazy have you have you looked up um uh, looked into um what like how moist do you keep the soil for those guys phil uh not as moist as i'd like to simply because they're in tubs that don't have the best ventilation and so if i let it dry out like completely dry out and then i spray it down it'll be dry in say a day or so because there is good airflow but if i soaked it down like made it mucky it would be like that for weeks so i I think what I'm not what I'm having to do is if I do wind up putting in some kind of bioactive element, whether it be springtails or isopods or whatever, I'll probably have to do a cup of really wet, you know, mixed compost, whatever you want to call it, and put that in the enclosure so that if the bugs want to get into that or they have to get into that, then they can. Yeah, what I was going to say is um, for my Aki enclosure, I didn't do it on purpose. It just happened because I would feed her um, the superworms. Mm-hmm. Well, um, after a while, some of the superworms pupated and turned into the beetles. Yeah. And I guess those beetles were going around laying eggs because I had a colony of superworms in there. Wow. And um, anytime the Aki would go to the bathroom, they would just come up like, uh, you know, the worm just go to town yeah. on the poop and worms and gone. yeah and yeah. um so i don't know I, it didn't seem like they were bothering the aki at all i worried about it for at first and then she didn't she was fine she would go in her tunnel at night and sleep down there with them and nice yeah i, I was always amazed that those superworm beetles those black ones Nothing wants to eat them because they have that smoky smell, you know. Yeah, they stink. I act. I actually threw one into my um my fire skinks because, like I said, they're really food driven. Uh, my male went bam, like he just went straight to it, bam, crunched it, and then spit it out. But <laughs> the aki wouldn't even go near them. They, I feed the see, I, like, I yeah. feed the darkling beetles to my ackies all the time. But I mean, those really? are regular male ones, not superworms. Ah, so. uh, okay, yeah. The superworm beetles, those black ones that smell like uh, campfire. Yeah, they have a weird, like almost chemical smell. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, to me, it smells like a, a extinguished campfire. Or 
almost like burning plastic. Yeah, like, yeah, bur yeah, burning like plastic. Gross. Like um, when I was a kid, my grandparents, it, we lived out, they lived out in the country and they would just burn the garbage and it kind of really? smells like that. Oh, like geez. really gross. <laughs> Oof. But the fire skink was like, rah, and it was cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But he spit it out. But the Aki was just like, ew, get that out of my face. And um, they, after a while, there would be quite a few in there. And so I just put them in down the garbage disposal because nothing wanted to eat them. And I, you don't want tons of beetle or worms in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I like to feed off the beetles just to kind of call things back a bit because if i recall like the darklings will eat you know the pupa and stuff that like pretty much anything if, if they're hungry enough and i mean i keep mine pretty well fed but just to kind of keep the population down so i might get rid of the beetles and, and feed them off i really. my favorite was um one time when uh, mike stefani was on a podcast and they were asking him well do the so like do the crickets ever eat the baby like bite the baby or the roaches ever bite the baby um monitors and he's mm -hmm. like not my monitors <laughs> like what monitor is gonna sit there and let a bug bite it like no yeah. Yeah. a sick one not a healthy one i've always wondered where that like that old folks tale came from you know or like the one where the the superworms will eat their way out of your bearded dragon if you don't crush their heads like, I always want to know where those, like, folklore came yeah. from. It's crazy. I've even heard that isopods will eat geckos or, you know. Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen it, but someone. I think it's from one-off freak that... occurrences that people then yeah. label as. Or maybe as, like, the a... gecko had died and then they ate yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Well, wasn't, we had somebody on here that was talking about how they were very specific as to what they use for their bioactive stuff when dealing with animals that lay eggs in the enclosure because there wasn't a particular isopod that would it didn't necessarily eat the egg but it would eat like the the, the calcium probably yeah something off the outside that would damage the egg and, and basically compromise it yeah, i found I, I found some eggs when i was digging around in the skinks enclosure and um there's there's quite a few that were that were old and didn't make it and i don't know if they had dried out and then the isopods got to them because like i said i just left them in there i wasn't trying to breed them they just were doing it and maybe the eggs were just didn't went bad and then they ate them or maybe they ate them yeah i mean it could have yeah. been some kind of slug or something there was so i think there was a cyania clutch where i had springtails and i had a few isopods in the egg box while they were incubating just to see if that helped keep you know the nasty stuff I, I didn't notice any issues i mean they were i think like the are dwarf oranges a thing i think they were oranges yeah yeah so it was some of those so i don't you know I don't know. I didn't have any issues, but I didn't have a ton in there. You know, there was plenty of spag and other stuff for them to, you know, do what they want with. But yeah, but, um, I I love it when you guys have the segment um, with the book, favorite books. So I I actually brought one of my favorite books, and there's, there's a book. It's a very cheap book. I recommend it to new keepers and old. But it's called The Art of Keeping Snakes by Philippe de Vaugelay. Oh, and of course. He's written it so simply and there's a whole section on bioactive. And the way he explains it, it's almost like the it's a it's about having enough soil in there so that 
what he says to do is you go in there and you want to turn the soil every now and then to mm-hmm. let oxygen in yep. because it's not even the it's not the bugs you put in it there's like uh microbes and um things in the soil that actually break down like healthy the healthy soil will break it down and it's true because um i keep um some um ridley eye um mm-hmm. some cave racers in a um in a cage and i never put any bugs in that enclosure and they go to the bathroom and wow, I hadn't, I haven't cleaned, I cleaned it out before, but I swear every time, cause I have it planted and there's like, it's a big, I have pothos. And so I have to take everything out. So it's a big ordeal, but I'm like, I better clean that. I haven't done it in so long. It's probably disgusting, but I take the plants out and I cannot find poop. And I feed those guys a lot. Mm-hmm. It only smells bad. Like I can tell when someone has gone, when one of them have gone to the bathroom, but like give it a few hours. I'll open the enclosure and it doesn't smell bad. I don't know what it is. It's the plants, like maybe all the air. I, but just it's like you have to have a deep and deep enough um, reservoir of soil. Yeah. And that and I think that's the main thing, even more than what we put in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're using actual soil too. Yeah. Well, I did a mix. I put a whole bunch of. I put. Um, I I did like the zoo the. Uh, that you can get it online, like look up the recipe online. You put like orchid bark and um, some moss and um, some charcoal. But then I also mixed in some topsoil too. Yeah. And I feel like topsoil is, is super great with certain species because I, I just started using it and just in sparingly. And I feel like because it's organic and chock full of God knows what, it really helps opposed to just having like the jungle mix, which is, you know, like the cocoa fur and, and swag mixed up, you know? Yeah. I feel like adding just that like there's little almost bit of topsoil. Organic matter for in there for. Yeah. That's I, great though. I don't know. I'm, and, I'm and really, really enjoying it. Yeah. And they eat a lot. So. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm so, so every time, every time I go in there to try to clean it, I'm like, there is all the poop. I can't find it. I find the hair. Like there'll be a little like smudge of hair, mm-hmm. but there's, it doesn't smell. It's not, like, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's and not Scott, even that big of an enclosure. Scott brings up a good point with the, you know, you need to watch most store bought topsoils that have, you know, most have fertilizers in them. So whenever I'm looking for topsoils, I find organic. If it has miracle Grow on the label, I don't buy it. Um, yep. Yep. Like Scott's it's, makes one that's just topsoil because I, you know, I checked. There's no fertilizers in it. The stuff I use is uh, is a black cow, which is a brand called Black Cow. That's really, really nice and very. You very get that at Tractor Supply? Uh, there's a local feed and seed here that has it, or a local hardware store. Um, but I also like with the Ackies, I did topsoil and a sand mix. I did like a 50-50 mix, um, and I use that black cow stuff, and I like it a lot. So. Because nice. usually when I put plants in a cage too, if they're potted, um, like with the rhinos and stuff, I take them out of whatever they came in. If it wasn't something like a clipping I grew myself, take them, rinse them off really good, wash them off really good. And they get, uh, I'll put like a layer of cypress mulch in the bottom of the pot just for sort of drainage and then topsoil and maybe some other stuff mixed in every now and then, depending on what I have on hand. Um, and then maybe I'll do another layer of cypress mulch on top. Um, 
And that seems to work really well because when I was doing darts, I'd, I'd make my own ABG instead of buying it. Yeah, that's what it's called, ABG. Yeah. I ABG. found the recipe for that. Yeah, I'd make my own too. I'd get like lump charcoal and break it up real fine, mix that in with some a little bit of cypress mulch, just to, like I said, for drainage, a little bit of sand. I'd add some coffee grounds in there. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that's the layer that the frogs aren't touching. So I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, the caffeine and other things. Um, coming in contact but the plants freaking explode when you throw a little bit of coffee grounds in there oh yeah and if you have a wife that drinks way more coffee than any normal <laughs> human being should you end up with a lot of coffee grounds um and she does like espresso so we have you know the really fine espresso grounds and you mix just even a little bit in the dirt you know mix it in the in the mixture the plants go absolutely nuts everybody loves caffeine i just recently did something kind of weird i um because I have a couple roach colonies that I keep and um, I usually just throw the, all the frass and everything out. And um, this last time I collected it all and I put it in some of my pothos and it seems like they really love it. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm just imagining this, but this pothos no, looks yeah. really happy. I'm sure that that works like a million bucks. It's, it's no, I feel like when you're dealing on such a small scale, like a, a pothos in a pot and you're throwing frass in there with your organic soil and whatever other, you know, substrate you're adding to the medium. It's no different than like, if you have compost from your yard or, or manure from your yard and you're throwing it on, you know, your, your vegetable garden, in the backyard, it's just on a bigger scale. Yeah. You know? Well, I figured I, I was feeding the roaches veggies and then it's almost like we're, it's it's almost when you get it in a pile, like it's almost like worm uh, castings. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to put this in my pot. <laughs> yeah. And I swear it looks happy. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Cox says he's popping in and out and he wants to know if you've ever kept day geckos. Uh, I haven't. I, I actually would. Um, I was before I got the morning geckos and then before I got the yellow heads, I was thinking about getting um, some like neon, neon day geckos or something like that. But I just ended up getting, I, cause there, I did, when I start out with something that I've never kept before, I don't want to get something that's really expensive because I'm like, Oh, if, if I end up killing this thing, it's going to like, I don't want to get the, you know, I don't want to gra grab the race car before I've learned how to drive yeah. the beater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well Not that the morning geckos and yellow-headed geckos are beaters. They're wonderful animals. I love them <laughs> to death. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's, it's funny. We were talking about soils and stuff. So, you know, I've, I've got the stilettos. I'm trying to get them to eat and rodents are probably going to be a no-go. So I actually wound up getting African blue-tailed skinks, but alive. And so... Right now, I've left them alone. I introduced the skinks on today's Monday. I introduced the skinks on Friday. So tomorrow, I'm going to go check, see what's what. And uh, and hopefully, they ate them. But uh, Henry had reached out to some people in Europe that have kept stilettos before, different species. And if mine are irregularis, apparently, one of the first things to get them going is that they used chopped up whitefish and they used nightcrawlers. So I immediately went out and we were... Me and Anna Maria were at Pet Supermarket grabbing something, <clears throat> and they had like night tilapia or something. Yeah, well, I'm probably going to do that, but I, I just got a container full of night crawlers, and it. I don't know if you've ever gone fishing, but they have that rich black soil when you buy worms for fishing, and 
I if, if I can get them to at least eat one or two of these night crawlers, I'm probably going to wind up doing legit bioactive for each one of them, like in a, a smaller scale, like say a 10 gallon or something. And I'm probably going to pack it in full of, you know, all this rich black soil and add that to the mix because if I can get them eating earthworms, well, it's better than nothing, you know? How how big are these steaks? Uh, the like, biggest one I've got is probably about 20 inches and maybe as thick as my index finger. Okay. Is that an adult size? Or is that yeah, that, that if it is if it is uh irregularis, then that would be an adult. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there are other species that get way bigger. Um, but the most of the West African stuff tends to stay under two foot, under under 20 inches or so. Neat. So, That's really cool. Let's see what happens. That, it would be cool if you got a tank and like kept them in there and you could see them burrow and stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 That'll be fun. Uh, I'm excited to experiment. I've been taking notes, you know, per Scott's recommendation. So I don't know. Maybe we'll find something cool. Maybe we'll experience something. But new frontier. New frontiers. So the question everyone wants to know how's the white lips? They're doing good. I um, I just fed them for the second time um, last night. I have one baby that's being uh, finicky, um, but there is a there's a stark difference between this clutch and the first clutch. Um, the eggs came out smaller. She laid four. She laid ten eggs last time, and then fourteen eggs this time. Oh, wow. And the eggs were a lot smaller. And I had one egg go bad um, during incubation. And then I had a couple of mishaps. Um, one of, so when I took the clutch out from her, I just put them in the egg box. I didn't separate them or, you know, I'm scared. I'm scared of like ripping them or doing something. Oh, yeah. So I just left them. And there was a couple that were on top of other eggs. And I had it where one baby, when it started to pip, it pipped like towards like uh, right towards sucks. and um when i saw that i thought oh and it was like there were two that had pipped and um so the first time one pipped and i just like put a little slit in all of them after that and um but this time it was kind of a disaster because the one had pipped and i so i tore i tore that one so the one that was above the one that had pipped I didn't notice that that had happened until I had already slit that egg that was above. So I, I was like, Oh crap, I better tear this off. So I, I like gently tore it off, set it to the side and then started pipping all the others that On hadn't the pipped tier. yet. Okay. And um, as I was doing that, the one that I had moved the baby stuck its head out and just like took one look at me and freaked shot out of the egg, ripped its umbilical cord and Ooh, led to uh, death. It oh, was geez. horrible. I was, I feel like that's so sad. Oh, man, it was horrible. Sorry. And, um, so that happened and I had an, and then I had another baby that hatched out and there was something with the, it, you could tell just by looking at it, its stomach was, like it had absorbed its yolk, but it was just like there is a bulge there. Hmm. And then the next day it was uh, separated from all the other babies and it had passed away also. Damn. So I had this, this clutch was um, a learning experience. And I, I kind of wonder if it's because um, she 
she went and laid back to back year to year, you know, yeah. and maybe I, I didn't feed her enough, you know, or something. Or the other thing that possibly could have happened is I, so last year I kept the incubator in the snake room and it's warmer in there. This year I had it in my living room it, in the corner. And so I was wondering if maybe the incubator didn't get as warm. That Those are the, the only two reasons why. And these babies are, they're more, they're, the other babies came out of the egg like ferocious, ready to eat. These babies are definitely more timid. Like I have to, you know, play with mm -hmm. them, wiggle the, um, the food. Tease them a little more. Yeah. Do the and, dance. Yeah. yeah. The other ones were just like, came out of the egg ready to murder. <laughs> nice. they still want to murder i still have four of them and they still want to murder <laughs> but i mean do you know ever. was like the eggs were smaller but was there did you have the incubator set up pretty much exactly the same it was just i did but like i said it's just my incubator is just an ice chest mm -hmm. so you know it's not as it's i don't know how nice the commercial ones are but I assume that it's maybe a little bit more um, stable or a little less stable okay. and dependent on the room temperatures. And my, like I said, my reptile room stays a lot warmer than the rest of my house. Mm -hmm. yeah, so now all in all though, if you had four, you had 14 good eggs that went the distance, you lost two. That's pretty awesome. Well, numbers. no, one egg went bad pretty early, okay. like about a month, a uh, little less than a month in. Okay. I left it there because it didn't, it just looked kind of different than the other ones. Eventually I was like, this egg is dead. And it, it had, I, I took it out and cut it open. It had veins and stuff, but it had died pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah. But there is something very interesting. Um, I've been kind of like, oh, wanting to say something and announce it. I mean, it's not, I, I'm probably overhyping it. But um, so it's pretty cool because everybody knows that um, the northern white lips will hatch out with a pattern. Some of them have banding. And um, they've never really seen that on the southerns yet. But my babies, so the first clutch most of them just had zero pattern, just looked totally like immaculate, um, no pattern at all. It's clean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, but there were two babies that had a little faint speckling, like little spots. I yeah. told my, I told my friend who we were teasing, I'm like, oh, I have two that have spots. I'm going to raise them up and make <laughs> super spots. <laughs> I'm going to call them super spots. <laughs> Nice. But, um, yeah, and um, but I didn't even think anything of it because I just was like so excited just to have baby white lips. And um, but then this clutch hatched out, and there was a lot of them that had the spots, and some of them it was really obvious, like speckling all over them. And um, Ryan Young was like, Did that did your babies hatch out with a pattern? And I was like, yeah. And um, I said, two of them had patterns last time, but this time a lot of them have it. So he was like, I've never seen that before. So I asked around, I asked him, a guy in Florida that I know who's hatched white lips, if he's ever seen that. I asked a guy in Germany and uh, 
seems like no one's ever seen it before. So I was like, wow. oh, this is like something new. We didn't know. It really hit me then that um, that people really aren't hatching them out very often. Yeah. Yeah. And I you're going to hold those back? Oh, yeah. Especially that I have a pair that have like really um, – this, I mean, it fades as they get older and yeah. they're um, dark because they go through a very slight um, color change where they get darker and um, the pattern fades. I don't, but I do, I don't know if you have the, um, uh, the Barker's book, their third volume of the Pythons of the World. I don't, but I want it. The I, white I lips actually, are in there. I have a first one. Is it in the first one? No, it's in the it's third the volume. Third? The okay. third volume. Okay. Um, there's a picture of a snake that, because um, um, I don't know about uh, northern white lips, but southern white lips sometimes um, I don't know why they do it, but they do like the where they fire up and they change color and they'll turn this like really beautiful silver color. It's like amazing when you see it. You're mm -hmm. just like I've never wow. seen anything like it's gorgeous. I gotta look that up. Um, and there's a picture of one in the book. And if you look at that one, you can see like modeling on it on the um, on the sides of the snake. And um, I um, I mean, I've stared at that picture and I always thought that it was um, blemishes from, you know, being in the wild and having to fight yeah. their prey. And um, but um, Pearl, my big female she fires up my male never fires up i don't know and i've i've seen a snake that stays that fired up silver color all the time it's not mine it's someone i know he has one and it stays that silver color all the time but wow. pearl only does it um very randomly and i i think she kind of does it almost when um she's hormonal like growing follicles because she does when i'm feeding her a lot and she's growing eggs she's turns her silver color but you, anyways you can see the modeling on her and mm -hmm. i thought the same thing because she had come in as a wild caught but she was very she was very young when she mm -hmm. came in so she shouldn't have all those scars on her right yeah. and yeah. now that i know about these babies i imagine that she probably had the modeling on her when she was a neonate yeah that's awesome and you just can't see it if you took those those babies and you put them like under a black light, because sometimes like people have done that with chondros, where for whatever reason you put them under a black light and some of the pattern that you don't really see or that is super super subtle, unless you have them in like natural sunlight or something, you know, you put them under a black light and for whatever reason that pattern comes out and you can kind of see it, you know, without it. It's it's a weird illusion cool. kind of thing yeah i don't know yeah cool. i mean i don't know what what would happen um if i breed the two babies back together i mean it, it like i said it fades like you can't see it on pearl unless she's mm -hmm. um fired up and it just yeah. all it looks like is like she has blemishes so <laughs> it's I don't not know. something I... that's super beautiful like you're like oh look at that beautiful pattern the black slave thing is interesting to me because I wonder if that plays some sort of factor in um, like camouflage from birds because birds can see oh, things yeah. in many spectrums that we can't and having that sort of effect may like we can't see it but if a bird is flying by maybe it helps them somewhere or another yeah so, good point know. good point point. and speaking of black lights 
I don't know if you noticed, but the group chat is loving your night mode on the Conjure tank. Oh, yeah. I have it set up so um, it has the moonlight. <laughs> that's super cool. And, like, I noticed in the background, I was like, did someone just turn it off? It's like, no, no. That's the night mode. That's awesome. <laughs> Eventually, it'll just go dark. Oh, that's, that's great. Neat. That's super cool. Yeah. Is it just a normal, like... Uh, is it normal lighting that you've timed out to do that? Or is it like one of those uh, marine reef tank lights that yeah, does like the moon yeah. phases? I'm not smart enough to like rig up something <laughs> myself. Um, yeah, I I always tell they're more expensive, but they're so they're like plug and play basically the um, Fluval. Oh, yeah. It's the Fluval plant. Oh, nice. Okay. And um, they you could you, you work it on your phone you just download an app and you can um control them on your phone that's nice cool. and um if you ever are looking for that just watch for sales no i can imagine yeah. hey black friday's mike, coming up yeah right mike's in the chat mike you just missed it we were just giving you kudos about superworms. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's great though that's awesome so and then all the babies are doing good except for the one yeah, well, even that baby has. I had to do the um, trick where you squeeze out a little bit of the brain. Yeah, and then she finally ate it. Oh, that's that's easy peasy. Yeah, that's good. But I, I actually, um, I, so I got some northerns um, from Ryan Young, and I'm pretty stoked on those. I, I, I always <laughs> thought, oh, I just like I like the southerns. You know, they're bigger. They have those really beautiful heads. Um, there's just like I just always liked them, and um, but I'm really into these northerns, man. They're different. They um, they're nicer. <laughs> <laughs> they're not always trying to kill you. Yeah, they don't go straight for the blood. They like try to like bluff you, and then they're like, "Oh, that didn't work. I'll just try to get out of here." And I'm like, "Oh, this is nice. It's not biting me." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's cool. Everyone always says it's the southerns that are not the nice ones, but I was like, "Oh God, I never want a northern if this is what the southerns are like." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's why they're not um, bred very often because you really got to be into them and have patience yeah. with them, and just love them for what they are. And you know, Deal with you don't nonsense. get to you don't get to take a picture with them every day because yeah, <laughs> if they're not in the mood. You're not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, selfies. You use the stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just take. I'm like, oh, you're beautiful. I don't need to be in this picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get um, it. One of the t-shirts I was talking about that my buddy made for me, I was like, yeah, make one with like blood splatter across it <laughs> and then uh, make it say there will be blood. But yeah, that's he, good. He, like, <laughs> like that movie. Because, oh, yeah. yeah, there's going to be blood today. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't imagine all those little nippers, those little uh, those little nippy little babies just getting them going, you know, get oh. them all fired up trying to feed them. Ugh. And they they have different personalities. Some of them go for the kill where they'll like bite you and then try to wrap you and then squeeze. And they're, they're strong snakes. Those white lips, if they want to constrict you, they're really strong. Um, one time, Pearl, I had her on my hand and she just got in a mood and she she wrapped my hand and started squeezing and then um like they're smart too like she knew she was wrapping my hand because she was wrapping my hand while she was staring at my face like she was like guess what <laughs> this is you and i'm and um, i own you she yeah. just bared down you just saw you know she did the thing where she went for the kill and 
I thought she dislocated my knuckle. Like it hurt so bad. Really? Yeah. It scared me. I was like, oh, I got her off me fast. And um, the little babies, they'll bite down on you and they'll sit there and the, it's so bad. They'll squeeze you so tight that um, it looks like they're going to break their own, you know, spine, like, cause they wrap themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and then there's other ones that'll just bite, 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 bite. <laughs> I, I I'm not doing a good job marketing these guys. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, good though. You know, but I mean, it, hey, you didn't know it. Yeah, you, know? you want yeah. one of these? This is what it's like. There's the Instagram version of them, and then there's reality. Yes, yes. Well put. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. I mean, I mean that... if you don't if you don't love the snake for what it is, then maybe you don't really want it. If you just love the snake because you want to take a picture with it, then you know, line up and pay fifty dollars. I would love to take pictures <laughs> of my Jansen eye more, but they're so unpleasant to deal with once they're out of the cage. It's like just get it back in there and be done. <laughs> yeah, like, mother of God. Um, there's a lot of I think myths about them that like they kill each other. I actually think that um they enjoy each other's company. Um, yeah. I remember they, you mentioning that would, on NPR. Yeah, they would strike me as a species that actually probably wouldn't wouldn't be bad to cohab. I mean, maybe not full time, but you know, for well, at least a decent chunk. When strong. my pair, when my breeding pair were younger, I did because I had always heard, "Oh, they kill each other." So I would put them together on and off all the time, thinking, "Oh, I want to habituate them to each other." Maybe that's why I have that opinion because maybe it worked. But honestly. There's been because Pearl, when she's um, really hormonal and in food mode, where you know, when females get into that season yep. where they're just like every little shadow, I'm gonna strike at it, if it every moves, movement, yep. um, I'm gonna go for it because I'm just starving. Um, so when I'm putting the male in, when she's like that, it's a little scary because. I don't, I'm worried that she's going to see the movement, but she, if she smells him and knows it's him, mm -hmm. she never, she's never taken, gone after him. The only time she's ever gone after him, it wasn't after him. It was when I, in my stupidity, I fed them in the same cage together and she ate her rat so fast. He was still wrapped on his rat. <laughs> She went no. over there and tried to eat his rat. Not tried to eat him, but he was uh, wrapped yeah. on his rat. Yeah, it's the, the fatal lady in the tramp. And it was, and oh, one of my favorite things that I'm so, like, it's a little bit, I'm like, why did I breed him again? You know, I shouldn't have done it. But in, I, I was being arrogant. I wanted to prove to myself that it wasn't an accident. It wasn't, I of could course. do it again. So, um, but it was a really different experience breeding them the second time because I did the whole, it, last time it kind of was an accident, you know, it, it, he, they just locked up and I wasn't expecting it. And, and then they only locked up the one time, but this time I started in the spring after I had been feeding her. And then I just kept pairing them, kept feeding. And then as she got closer to ovulation, they weren't locking up as much. But he would guard her. He would lay on top of her. Wow. And guard her. And he would, he's really, he's a mellow white lip. He, um, 
he doesn't he's never bitten me he's only bluff he does the bluff strike and then after that he turns around and it's like tries to just flee um but anytime i would try to get into the enclosure when they were both in there and he's laying on top of her he would strike at me and like really like like he wanted to get me and you know i had to be really careful from him when usually it was her she's the one that i'm afraid of she gets during breeding time she gets really mellow it's weird it's <laughs> like she gets mellow during like other than food she's she's hungry for food but she's pretty mellow have you ever tried when doing the introductions have you ever tried the paper plate trick we paper plate on a snake hook no i don't so, know that trick so we used to do this with, with a lot of different animals mostly cobras because cobras like stand up and stare at each other you know and uh, what we do is take a paper plate and you tape it on the, the end of a snake hook on the U part, you know, because it's wider. And then you open one side where the, 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 the host animal is, what usually a female. And obviously she's going to perk up or it's going to perk up. And you use the paper plate on the snake hook to block her face. Oh. <laughs> and then you introduce the other snake. And then by the time the other snake has made its way around the enclosure or slithered through stuff... And they kind of start smelling each other. A lot of times, especially if you time everything right and, and you're pairing appropriately, you'll get like the male start doing his jerky jerk and the tail flipping. And maybe he might, you know, squirt some scent out or whatever. And by that point, it's been, you know, 60 seconds, 120 seconds. You can take that paper plate snake hook out. Now they see each other. They know that there's no food being introduced. They know that you're not reaching in there. I mean, it doesn't always work, but it's something that I know I've done in the past and some friends have done in the past. And it's an easy it's an easy way to do introductions so that nobody thinks that there's rats flying around, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. why I pair chondros during the day now. Mm. That's another good one, yeah. Pairing chondros at night, the yeah. couple of times I've done it, it was nerve-wracking, and then there was one time where I tried to feed the pair that I got that one clutch from together in the same tub, and that was an absolute disaster. Oh, I can only imagine, man. He was really, he's hes still super pissy. The female was super food-driven all the time. And so it was like, she was trying to grab the mouse. He was trying to grab me. Like, I tried to give him a mouse while she had hers wrapped. And he was just still just trying to kill me. Like, just, ugh. This did not work. Yeah. So I was like, okay, not doing this again. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So I have a little, um, she's only about, well, she's probably bigger now, but when I first put her in there, she was, um, I weighed her because um, I don't normally weigh my snakes, but um, so I yeah, put her in there. She's pretty, I, she's pretty small. And um, I put um, one of my, so I have two full grown large um, male beox. So I was going to just keep them in there together, you know, so I could watch their behavior. And um, well, after about a day, the male went over there and was all over her, spurring her. She's tiny. So I took him out and she wasn't into it. Mm -hmm. um, I watched him for a few hours and she was not into it. And so I took him out and um, I asked Ryan Young, like, what's the smallest you've ever bred at um, Chondro? And he said 500 grams. So I weighed her and she was like 350. She's tiny. <laughs> but, um, but how old so is she? Well, I got her from uh, Dan Mullary, okay. and she was still all yellow. But okay. he had sexed her, so mm -hmm. old enough to sex. I don't know how old that is. 
um, I got her and I'm like, how did he sex this thing? But she's a girl because the boys like her. Nice. They, I put I put the other male in there just to see how he would act. He did the same thing. Um, but I'm not going to – I decided I, I don't want to – I'm not going to try to breed her. I want her to get a little bigger. Yeah. I don't yeah, just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just enjoying watching her in there. She's a really, she's a really great eater. I love that thing. She's a great eater. She, um, she does, she'll like come up. She knows that I feed. So when she hunts, one of her spots is right at the edge of the glass where I open the, yeah. well, it's actually not glass. It's a, a, a plexiglass. And so she goes right up to the front. There's a per there's a stick that goes to that corner and she waits right there. <laughs> and she's like, when as soon as I open that door, her head comes mm -hmm. out <laughs> and her Classic eyes are conjuring. black because you know their yep. eyes are dilated. Oh, yeah. Whenever their eyes dilate like that, it's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it cracks me up because mine are like that if I open the tub. Like they do that thing where they like shoot out and they just stop. Yeah, they see everything. Yep. They're ready to see any movement. Yeah, and um, so she moves around. She has different hunting spots. And um, it's one of the things I've noticed about, I think that um, is the, the snakes are naturally drawn to the water because they'll go over their water bowl and that's mm -hmm. where they hunt. They just sit there above the water dish and stare at the water dish. Because, like, instinctively, they know the mammals. I don't smell a mammal trail, but here's some water. Yeah. 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 So, the one so, thing I always wonder, though, is because they live in a place that always rains. So, <laughs> I'm like, isn't it water everywhere where you live? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't necessarily pool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, how many are in the enclosure behind you? It's just that's the one that's it's the enclosure just the one I about. So okay. I had them, her and the male. So I took it's just her. She has the whole thing to herself. Yeah, because it's all Instagram. Moved, she'll it's awesome. move to different spots. Um, she hides in the back, um, and then when she gets hungry, she'll move to the front and find a hunting spot. And she'll she'll do the S thing, mm -hmm. and she'll just sit there. It's really awesome. Yeah, yeah cool. I, I would really like. Um, so I just put every plant I could think of in there because I have a hard time. I'm not really a plant person. So I just throw everything in like whatever lives, that's what's going to stay. But everything's doing great in there. I put, I actually put, um, do you guys ever watch any of Matt Somerville's videos or follow his Instagram? Yeah, he did. He went up to um, the Iron Range and they did this whole, um, they found a ton of green tree pythons. And um, I think. I forget her name, Kim. I well, anyway, she she showed how the um, the chondros would hunt underneath these uh, passion fruit vines, and it showed that all these little like probably mice and stuff were eating the passion vines. Yeah. So I put a passion flower in there. I um, I joined a, a Facebook passion group, felt flower group, and. Um, they're like, oh, it'll never grow in a vivarium. You can't do that. It'll die. And I tried it. I tried it in my um, Ridley Eye enclosure, and it did die. But that one, um, that was the first one I made, and I didn't put enough ventilation in that one. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to retrofit more ventilation. But this one, I put a lot more ventilation. It's a lot better. Everyone nice. I build is a little. I build it myself too. That's the other thing. Is like. 
I, I'm not a carpenter either, but I, I like <laughs> cut the plywood with a skill saw because <laughs> I don't have a table saw. Whatever works, so, right? But it just adds more ventilation when it's yeah. not like perfectly lined up. <laughs> have you thought about using like little computer fans and stuff or no? I mean, I like I said, Phil, I'm not a technical person. <laughs> Neither am but I. But I do. <laughs> I have, there's like uh, three big vents across the top and I, I can like cover them and uh, open okay, them cool. as I, and then I have vents on the lower and the front and, and, the, and I'm sure the plants suck in a lot of air too. Oh, I'm sure. But um, yeah, it's doing great. And, but I do have a ficus in there and I'm going to take that out just because everything's growing so well that the plants are starting to like fight over the light. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Scott's saying uh, you, you're thinking of Christy Jensen. And yes, Christy. Yeah, I she's was an like, amazing it, I knew it was a K name. Yeah. And um, she's great at building enclosures too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have issues yeah. with humidity out there? Like, is that a, is that a struggle? Oh, in Sacramento. I live in Sacramento. California and um you know our humidity it's it's it is really dry here but it's there's drier places it's nothing like what Rob Stone probably has to deal with um it's it's very I would say it's very human friendly maybe not perfect for uh some reptiles but it's not horrible and it, it like you won't come out here and shrivel up if you come out here and yeah. there's some days where it like it's low humidity, but it feels really good for people. <laughs> and um, I don't ever have like shedding problems with my white lips or my, well, I mean, you just deal, you figure out what your room needs, right? Yeah. Like I, um, Pearl's enclosure has two big water bowls. She has a water bowl on her hot side and a water bowl on her cool side. Um, so that adds humidity to mm -hmm. it. She, she doesn't need it. I just did it. I, she just gets that because she gets extra because her my male he's in the same size enclosure as her and he gets one and he doesn't have my green trees don't have problems shedding i did when i moved so i was keeping my green trees in my bathroom because i was worried about humidity so i just knew like the shower comes on they get humidity and uh but i i about a year ago i moved them all into enclosures in my snake room and one of my um uh, green pythons did have trouble shedding the first few times and I don't know like maybe he just was felt like it was new he yeah, shed stresses. after that he shed fine the next time but mm -hmm. that one time I, I had to soak him yeah. I yeah. mean it's I, I think it's great like Sacramento has great humidity like it's not too much and it's not too dry it's good yeah it's also where Deftones are from, so that probably has something to do yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's so cool that you got all those plants in there and the, the moonlight and all yeah, that. Yeah, I'm excited. I As soon as I build one, I start thinking of the things that I could have done better, and then I'm like, oh, I need to build another one. And I, my dream would be to build one for the white lips, but I think they're just too big and too messy, and Clunky. they just smash every plant, and so I don't, I don't know. Plus trying to find a white lip and <laughs> I can't yeah, see it. Yeah. Oh, it can see you. <laughs> yep. 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 It's just crazy. Like seeing the, 
the pictures of that enclosure on Instagram, and then you see the snake, and it's like this tiny little snake in this giant enclosure. That's great. Well, I want to put, I wanted to pet, put two in there. That's what I was gonna do, but yeah, it, I just didn't want. Wait, in a year or two, you you probably will. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I, um, Ryan Young was like, "Be careful! Don't put two males in there. They'll fight." I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I think we over we think that something bad will happen. I mean, it it will be bad if I they start fighting. But yeah, if there's no female in there, maybe they won't fight. D- doesn't um um oh god, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> um, shit, he's gonna be mad. Um, Justin Drewlander's co-host on uh, fight. Oh, uh, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Sure. Yes, I'm just like uh, Doctor Julander. I can't remember anyone's name. <laughs> but, He's been um, better at it lately. He has. <laughs> yeah, he's not as tired. Um, yeah, he keeps two males with a female in an enclosure. Yeah, yeah. with his Tracy A. Yeah, yeah. You would think they might want to fight, right? I don't know because I remember him talking about those, and if I recall right, he was saying that those, compared to other species, seem to do like get along better in groups than than what's normal. Yeah, it's kind of like um, the roaches. I I keep some Halloween hissers. I mean, I know snakes aren't like roaches, but the when I first bought them, I just got uh, two females and a male. Mm-hmm. and um they wouldn't eat they weren't eating they took forever to grow it took forever oh, yeah. for them to have babies and then once they did have babies and the babies started to get bigger they all come out and eat now and they're not shy anymore because it's like um you know the numbers makes them gives them um yeah courage yeah. they take forever to reproduce yeah they fight yeah. now the, the males fight each other that's I'll cool. go in there and they're like moving the um, logs around because I have some cork <laughs> bark in there and they're moving the cork bark around. That's crazy. And you get the little. Yeah. When they first started fighting, I was like, who's I thought it was a snake hissing. I was like, who's hissing at me? Like, why is there a snake hissing? And then I realized it was the roaches. Super cool. Love those little boogers. Hey, and Eric Hernandez says he does it with the tanner bars. He keeps the the boys together. He says the boys cuddle more than the female. So, yeah, it might give species. them some courage. Like if you have um, ooh tanner bars, that's cool, Eric. <laughs> I like those. All yeah. right, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys both have experience, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and two uh, very different experiences with the same snake. <laughs> very different experiences with the same snake, but uh, but yeah, I know Rob with the um. Oh God, he's gonna kill me now with the boas. Um Candoya? Yeah, and I can't remember the species name. It's gonna make me feel like an idiot. But anyway, with his Candoya, uh, he basically was figuring out that he needs to have multiple males to I think it's the Bibroni. Is that what is it is? Bibroni? Yeah. Uh, uh, it, I mean it's either that or Paul Sinai, I think. No, I think you're right. I think it's the Bibroni. Anyway, he's gonna yell at us. Are those later. the tree ones? Yeah. yeah. And uh he needs to have multiple Yeah, you know what it is? I think it's Australis. Um, he needs good, good call, Smitty. He needs to have males in there to get the ball rolling at that time of year, if you catch my drift. But he just keeps the males together too, and they're just chilling because they're both after the same common goal. Yeah, you know I mean? it creates a, so, a competitive sort of drive. Yeah, to be the first 
first through the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. It's not a race, guys. It's not a race. Unless you're a boa. Then it's a race. <laughs> well, I just this year learned about how diamond pythons do that. They don't um, combat. They will just like casually wait their turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some are more polite than others. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, that's the it's 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 um what is it they say it there's always an exception to every rule. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, you look at something like rattlesnakes that have this crazy combat display but never hurt each other. It's purely a grappling match for dominance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like it's a crazy thing like the rattlesnakes like, is ominous and venomous fuck, and fucked up arm wrestling. Yeah, it, that's what it is. It's fucked up arm wrestling. <laughs> but they never hurt and, each other. They don't well, bite each other. And they're like a super social um, um, genus, right? Like they all. Well, see, stay that's together the thing is. The... Yeah, and there's you find these den sites with hundreds of rattlesnakes together, but the question lies: are, Do we anthropomorphize them and say they like hanging out together, or is it simply that that's the best the spot around? We're all just going to go there. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, you know, Lisa and Smitty are sleeping there, so it must be good. I'll sleep there, yeah. too. You know? Well, it might be both. Like, one complements the other. Like, a snake sure. that hates other being around other snakes, it's going to go die because it, like... <laughs> so yeah. they eventually have to learn to like to be around each other. Yeah. It's like going to Walmart. I don't ever like going to Walmart. But <laughs> usually I have to. Uh, yeah and the, otherwise you might die <laughs> yeah but like if there's lots of people i'm apprehensive to go if there's no one there i try to get up really early in the morning there, yeah i, I was go. gonna say the only time there isn't somebody at walmart is when you're there at like 3 a.m and that's, that's the like, time to go not that early though no that's... no don't go that early because then you're gonna see some real whack jobs let Creatures me tell you of walmart walmart at 3 a.m is like being on another planet yeah. It's, it's it's an experience. It's like the lobby of Men in Black. Exactly. That's exactly yep. what it is. Like everyone's civil, you know, everyone's there to do their thing, but it's just some creatures. Yeah, the crackhead sauntering around like a zombie. <laughs> okay, guys, I, I I know it's getting late, but that's why I not to change the subject, but I know I keep going on and on and on about uh this book. Um, yes, yes. So yeah. yes. I read this book and I want everyone else to read it. It's so good. I wish I had more people to talk to about it. I'm like, <laughs> there's a part towards the end in chapter 10 where he just says something that blew my mind. He talks about how there's um, the slaty gray snakes. They yeah. actually, they found out that they, um, that because the female eggs will desiccate and not be able to absorb their yolk for some reason if there isn't enough um, moisture that th rather than just hatch out weak or to die they will change sex even though they have the female chromosomes they will hatch out with male testes and uh, penis penises so um, they live their life are they essentially are male even though they have, but he doesn't go on. So I don't know if it's new research and they just don't know. Like he doesn't say, do they go on and reproduce yeah. or do they um, 
but it's crazy because it's like such a perfect adaptation because if you think about it um in the whole book they found out that there's so many species of snakes that when they um the males generally of most of the species you study they will go farther away while the females will pretty much stay in the vicinity where they hatch mm-hmm. and um so if just think if it, there's not enough moisture that season for the eggs to hatch out right then there's probably not enough prey if there's not enough prey in the general vicinity vicinity oh god if there's not enough prey in the general area <laughs> then it's better to hatch out babies that are gonna leave right because yeah. they're more likely to go find prey in other places or maybe there's a chance so yeah. it's so cool like it just like goes on and on how perfect it is and i'm just like oh it's so cool <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy how evolution and adaptation you know the will adapt and and pivot as yeah and it raises so many questions because you hear about people like oh, I hatched out all females. And I it, I also, I, I was like, oh my God, um, uh, Ben Morrow, Ben, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. does that? Yep. I was like, did you see this? Because if you, if you gene test those, <laughs> it will say it's a female, but really it's a male or what is it? <laughs> like he won't, he'll look at it and he'll be like, oh, that's a female, but it has testes and hemipenes, so. Crazy, I don't know right? if that happens yeah. to other species. There, uh, the slaty grays, though, there they, I think they have a range that goes all the way up into uh, Papua New Guinea. So mm-hmm. maybe they could go because in New Guinea there's probably more rain than the um, localities that are in Australia. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they can find out if those have that adaptation. If they don't, and then you're it's a hundred percent because the ones in australia have had to deal with the droughts and stuff wild oh it's so cool i don't know i don't know why i'm just so geeked out by that but yeah i just want everything good things about it yeah i think phil you said you don't like uh storybooks this kind of tells a story but it tells a story about the his like because he's non it's his story it's non yeah yeah yeah, and it's the story of um like the study of snakes because when he first started out, it was just no one was doing it. Yeah. And um, he even got made fun of Crazy. for doing it. But it's great. It. You should really it. read it. I love yeah. it. It's on the list. That and the Atherus book, right, Smitty? Yeah. It's a quick read, too. Um, like, you'll just fall into it. And he tells so many great, like, little side adventure stories, you know. Yeah, Tales of Lands of High Adventure. I love it. Love it. Sorry, sorry for hijacking it. No, no it's, cool. it's your it's your show, girl. We are, Everybody, we are read due. this book so we can talk about yes. it. We're due yes. for a, a, a Billy's Book Club episode. We a hundred percent are. Even though I see, like, if I get that book, I'm probably not going to read it for at least another year because I have just a stack of books that I have in line to read, but I take so damn long to finish books that they just end up sitting on my shelf for like five years before I actually even get around to reading them. Well, what you yeah. got to do is you got to do some excerpts of them. And if you, if you get hooked into it, you can stick with it. And if you're kind of like, ah, I don't feel like picking that up. I'll pick up something else and you go from there. See, I struggle I, with that though. It's like, I, if I open it and start it, I feel compelled to finish it. 
yeah see all my books are referenced so like i'll read certain excerpts that i want to know about you know and then i'm like oh well i'll just come back to that later and so i've got like five books i'm reading right now but i'm probably not going to finish them anytime soon because i'm doing all five at once you know yeah i'm reading the more complete carpet python but i'm trying to be really good and just like start at the beginning and finish it rather it's than a skip around big book <laughs> i yeah I, um i miss parts when i skip around i'm like oh i didn't read that mm -hmm. section. yeah yeah that's good i'm point. reading hunters in the trees right now an excellent book an excellent book i got about a third Ooh, of the is, way in what it, wait what is that one that's uh one about arboreal snake evolution and ecology yeah yeah it's an older krieger book but it's Awesome. You can it's find not it. That old though. It's from like 2011, I think, is when it got published. Is it? Yeah. It's still 10 years ago, you know, 11 years ago. <laughs> Better than 30 years ago. That's true. Very true. In this Bye, Mike. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Atheris book has to happen. I keep saying that. And I just need to get $150 together to get it. So. Yeah, it, well, dude, you, you gotta you gotta get more than that and bundle a few books together and save on the shipping. That's what you gotta do. You know, especially those big thick books like that. Shit our, weighs a lot. Our Atheris, um, most of them are smaller than uh, Green Tree Pythons, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a small, small genus, little little guys. Yeah, yeah. My, my just no one's written a like a full blown book on bush vipers. So I, yeah, I, and that being one of my all-time favorite genuses genre genera genera i gotta i gotta get them <laughs> oh yeah look sean says 40 bucks on amazon yeah i mean my wish list is is full of books and every year anytime people are like what are you you know i don't know you know parents or katie what do i get you for your birthday or christmas i'm like here's a whole list of books they're all expensive but yeah that that's literally my Amazon wish list, and that what sucks is there's so many ones that are out of print. Yeah. And like you know, I want uh, there's a, a a white cover chimera that's you know uh, snakes of Western Sahara, and then snakes of Mor or reptiles of Morocco, and both of them are well over two hundred dollars now. And uh, yeah. Oh, crazy. yeah, I wound up I wound up biting the bullet because uh, I wanted to get um, no, I can't remember the author's name. Nipper's going to kill me, but uh, one of his buddies in Israel contributed or co-authored the reptiles of israel <clears throat> and it's a white cover and the thing is as thick as the um as the new carpet book and that cost me 250 because it's out of print and well worth it 100 percent well worth it but it's probably one of the most expensive books i ever bought i think the most expensive one i have right now is that uh edition chimera dart frog book oh yeah yeah which if i was smart i would sell and get the Athers book. No, you never sell books. You keep them. You keep them close. I, I, I'm cheap. I'm like, I can't spend that kind of money on a book. <laughs> um, but I do. I did spend some money when I bought the, um, um, the Blue Bible. Oh yeah. And um, I loved that book. And um, my friend gifted me the um, Snakes of Papua New Guinea. The Gravershay uh, purple cover? Uh, it's blue. It's a it's blue, blue cover. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know what you're trying to talk about. Yeah. 
Yeah, mine's, uh, I have the first yeah. edition of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I love that book. I learned all about how to like snake bite, treat <laughs> snake bites and stuff. I didn't know oh, any yeah. of that stuff before. And what, that was the first book, in, at least in my life, that was the first book I ever got that had range maps with pinpoint localities where they you know they have little triangles and squares yeah it's excellent i love it i this um the new carpet book has um range maps but i still that one's just the best one yeah the um he did a great job well before we all had gps's and stuff you know yeah you know then you look at you look at the range map that o'shea did with the little triangles and squares right and you're like okay that's near this city or this town and there's a photograph of the habitat now i know how best to recreate it and now that we have google and the internet like oh sky's the limit you know but i still go to that book oh yeah i actually um oh that reminds me phil i i was like super excited when you invited me on because i i was dying to talk to you but i just don't feel like we're close enough to where i can just be like hey, what are you phil, talking about i need to call you <laughs> no it's, <laughs> but, good, it's um, good this is like kind of a dorky question I, okay but um so the the new baby white lips they do this little threat display and i didn't notice it on the other ones maybe because they were so big that they just weren't afraid but these babies they like flatten their heads and they they it makes the white of their lip pop out and then really? like they kind of like it. their heads kind of get like kind of a more wider more triangle mm-hmm. look and i kept thinking i was like okay because usually when we see um non-venomous snakes do threat displays they're always trying to mimic some yeah. um, venomous snake or just i mean Probably I so in my mind I was like, what kind of snake are they mimicking? Like what would be in their home range that they're trying to mimic? And um I couldn't I was trying to I didn't I didn't know and I thought, oh I Phil might know. The only thing that I could think of that would be similar in their in that color pattern, and since you mentioned the blotching, that really like turns a light bulb on is that there's several different species or seven different phenotypes of Anchothovis lavis the smooth death adders that come from the same you know small island areas mm. that that the white lips the southerns at least come from and it would not shock me if because i mean there's they come in every color of the rainbow but most of them are slate grays and some opaque you know earth tone stone mm-hmm. tone colors and it wouldn't shock me if that's them trying to even if it's just them look trying to make themselves look bigger you know what, what I mean? is the what is the name of the black snake that lives in um new guinea the pop uh, pop one black pop yeah, one that, black. yeah. To- totally different do they do a um when they're young do they look the same no. or i mean i've never they... seen it i've never seen a baby one the one that i had i got it when it was like almost three foot maybe two and a half foot and it was already jet black jet black with some white oh but it's not but their threat display is completely different than what you like they don't flatten their head they um, they do they they open up a like a almost like a cobra head they open like a cobra it's more honestly it's pretty much the same exact threat display as a false water cobra yeah that sort of sideways broadening they like flip their body to the side and like have you ever seen an australian tiger snake the Australian I mean, tigers, in, they in do photos, that. But they, they flatten out the hood, but it's not a full bold hood like a cobra, and then they the turn side. to the side. Yeah, I know. Yeah, what you're so talking they do about. that, and then actually, yeah. not to not to you know toot my own horn, but in 
Ty and Scott's new book, there's actually a picture of the one that me and Henry used to play with and uh, opening her hood. And you can see it that there's clear as day a hood with a different coloration to it, but it's not the same kind of hood as a cobra. It's very linear, very streamlined. So, but yeah, I would say more closely. I mean, if you're, do do they put their face down? It's just, well, honestly, it's so minuscule that like the, you know, when you know your snakes really well, you see what they're doing, but if you showed it to someone else, they wouldn't even notice it. So it's not that big of a deal but i just was i because i didn't notice it in the babies last time and these these babies were like where they flatten their head out and it kind of makes the white of their lip pop out like a little frog lip or something it It reminded me when i saw the pictures it reminded me of some like rat snakes like you ever seen like a glades a glades rat get yeah really flat in the head they might just it you know they all try to make themselves look bigger too yeah but they're so tiny that you're like you have to be more than bigger because you're not big no matter what you do (laughs) you're like so you have to be venomous so trying damn it are they trying to look venomous i'm actually i'm trying to find the picture of that one that that one famous pink and gray death adder that comes out of the same island range as them let me see if I can pull it up. I did. I did see. I was able to find a photo of a um, a small-eyed snake from a certain locality that had the spots and um, banding, but it was much more colorful than oh, yeah. the white mm-hmm. star. So. Oh yeah. What if I'm selling a reference book to buy another reference book, though, Patrick? He said, "Never ever sell a reference book ever." <laughs> ever. You never know when you're going to need that puppy. I have a feeling I need a reference book on Atheris more than I need a reference book on dart frogs at this juncture. <laughs> yeah. here's This is actually the picture from Ty and Scott's new book. Oh, yeah. oh that's, that's cool. That's a goldie, boy. Pseudo Haji. <laughs> Nowhere near as arboreal. <laughs> um, but let me try and find that, that death adder picture. Um Reference for reference. I think it's a fair trade. Someone want to buy a copy of Dart Frogs in addition come here and let me know. Trade it straight up for an Atheris book. <laughs> of course, I'm sure as soon as I sell it, it'll be worth like 300 in the next year. Yeah, it's how it always happens, right? Joe said, Joe Rosa, I can't turn up the volume yet, but tell Lisa she's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, <mark>. Joe. <laughs> Everyone's been, been very sweet. I always get really nervous to come on these things because I'm such an amateur. <laughs> no, girl, you're in this. Whether you like to admit it or not, you're, you're in this. You've been on NPR for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it happened. <laughs> you're one of the only people that I can say I know that have bred white lips and, and, and not on accident. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did it for reals this time <laughs> for, for reals. Oh man. But that's cool. I think if you get a chance to record that, 
that threat display. I have a photo of it. They're calming down a little, so they're not really doing it as much, but it's like, I feel like I'll send it to you and you'll be like, no, that doesn't look like anything. (laughs) No, I mean, I saw it. I know. I know. Well, you can tell that they're, because, you know, like when they flatten their heads so much that they suddenly look like an anaconda with their heads on top, their eyes on top of their head rather than on the side. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's, they're flattening it. And, and it, what was interesting mode. is that the it like what got me was that they were popping out the it made the white on their lip pop out and it was the first time because I always because one of the my favorite things when I like go in the room and the it's like dark like now and I have like the ceiling light on and it's kind of dark because if they're in the black um pvc cage so it's dark in there and i don't have any lights on in there so but if you look you can't see her in there she's just hidden in the shadow but then you just see this outline of this lip <laughs> that's and awesome. like that's the kiss of death i was just like yeah you're a rat you see that you're gone that's so, in cool. The <laughs> so cool but oh. so i'm always like why would you want that lip like what is the good but i, I mean the bars on the lip do look threatening so if you were yeah like, i mean they're a pretty intimidating that, looking snake it looks like teeth on the side mm-hmm. and some carpet pythons have that and bullens pythons have that i love i love the that's why i probably like the um poplin carpet so much because they have the strong banding on the mm-hmm. lips too yeah so this is not the photo i was looking for but this is one of my lavis that came out of Papua new guinea and it's a bad picture because you can't see the face but the face has that distinct white lip, white and black mar- markings, and you could kind of see the faint bandings. A little bit. That yeah. Like a freaking Malayan. So yeah, that was one of the one of the more drab banded Lavis. Um I'll find that picture and I'll send it to you. And it, it's super white lipish. Super white lipish. That's probably what it is. I mean, they're small too, right? The um, death adders, yeah. they don't mm-hmm. hatch out very big. Or aren't born, they're not born. They're yeah, born, born. They're born. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, the, and the New Guineas are even smaller than any of the mainland Australia ones. I mean, I think the largest Lavis I had was maybe 18, 20 inches. I mean, Did I didn't they have, have it for very long. Venom? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Extremely. Seems yeah. And arguably the fastest strike of any snake on the planet. I'll see if and I somehow can... still in a lapid. Somehow still in a lapid. Oh, yeah, I'll find Dude, it. I'll send it. I'll find the Cody, picture and yeah. I'll see if I can hold it up to the camera too of the little baby so that yeah, the, let's, other let's people see can see it. Yeah, if I can find it. I take way too many photos on my phone. Um, it's called documentation. It is. I've yeah, been doing I've, it with the stilettos. I like, like I said, when I was feeding the um, the little um, skinks, and um, the baby was sitting there cheek to cheek with the mom. I run to go get my phone, come back, baby's gone. Gone. Always, uh, always happens. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how. So it's very. I feel like there's a better one, and I just can't find it. Um, that's all right. Show the one you got. Okay. Let's 
the ominous crickets in the background. Yeah, I, you get to a point where you just can't hear it anymore. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, you can see so that clear as day. You can see day. the white. Like, normally, for, if you're standing above them, you can't see the white of the lips so prominently. And the eyes are kind of, like, pushed out to the side. Have there. you ever seen an African herald snake? No. So, I, but I want to see it if you have a yeah. photo. <laughs> so, herald snakes. Show me um, snake, every snake you got. So, herald snakes are cool. Herald snakes are awesome. The, the genus is Cortopeltus. And there's several different Here's species the, that... Um, I don't know if you can see it on this. Oh, you can. It's a, it's blurred out. But this is one. This is one of the ones that has the pattern. Oh wow. Um, so, the Crotopeltra. Crotopeltra. Well, I can't talk tonight. Crotopeltus. Yeah, it's hard on the camera. Yeah, it's hard it's to see. <laughs> so they do. They flatten their head out like a viper. And um, let me see if I can get this phone to work. Oops. And they'll arch up and show those the white lips that they have. I mean, this one's actually really pretty. This one has like a lot of yeah. blue in it. Oh yeah, that is what it that. So what are they trying to look? What is it trying to look like? Uh, basically, just pretty much anything itself, in Africa that's venomous. <laughs> basically, <laughs> ma making itself bigger and badder. Yeah, um, that's. I mean, that's what I figured. I, I mean, it's just trying to like be like, look, I'm not just a little easy prey for you but um you know doing anything it can yeah, at that point yeah and you know how like everything in new guinea is just crazy like you just oh, yeah. know that there's a lot of prey like predators out there it's like eat or be eaten right now yeah oh yeah because that's very interesting though i hope you get it on video i'd like to see that i think it's super cool yeah, I'll try. No promises. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like every white lip I've ever worked with was either just completely placid and mundane or just assed up, like ready to punch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they come out with their sleeves rolled up oh, and yeah. their brass knuckles on. A little pack of cigarettes <laughs> in the in the sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have I actually have a um a wild cot that I bought um during when everything was shut down and we got all that extra money. And then all of a sudden after it seemed like years, there weren't any coming in and there was none. If there were some coming in people like that knew the importer was getting, were getting first dibs. But, um, so I, I jumped on one and, um, it, um, <laughs> it was sold to me as a male and I kind of think it's a female. I, I think it's a female. I had Riley look at it. He thinks it's female. We didn't probe it or anything. But it it's uh, had half of its tail bitten off, and it has scars oh. on it, and um, it might That's just character. be a, it might be a pet. But that thing is placid. It, really? Um, yeah. I even just because I'm like, let me see if it'll let me boop its snoot, and I was like, <laughs> boop, boop. And the third time I went in to try to boop it again, bit the hell out of me, and it was like, bitch, I'm a fucking white lip. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's so I'm part of my French. No, it's, it's they, do, right. they do That's have some level of patience. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't know. I, it, it's always sad to see a snake scarred up or missing its tail tip or whatever. But especially with wild caught stuff, like you know that snake's been through the ringer and it's ready to keep going. You know, and I feel like it, it adds character. And and I've got a my Nubian cobra. I got it 
in whole. 2006, I think. Damn. And well, it has no tail. It lost its tail with bad shed, and it's got all scars all over it. And he's he's been through the ringer before I got him. And he was already like 15, 20 inches when I got him. So it just keep on trucking, you know? Yeah. Well, it whatever got its tail... I think it didn't live to tell the tale. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I had um I had a New Guinea pygmy mulga and it, it was missing this eye, and you know you come up with these crazy stories of how it lost its eye, right? And you're thinking, oh, did it get you know bitten by a bird, or you know, was it when the the field collectors mm-hmm. caught it in in New Guinea or whatever? And then one day, got in a bar fight. Yeah, got in a bar fight, right? And uh, it's in the Turkish bathhouse, and there were broken bottles. Chicks dig scars. Yeah. Well, so we used to call him Mr. Bateman because he was a lunatic. And uh, we fed him (laughs) a live mouse, and he would bite them. We rarely fed him live, and he would bite the mouse on the haunch. The mouse would turn, and he would let the mouse chew on that side of his face while he's just envenomating the crap out of it. And he would just let it happen. And we're like, dude, that's how he lost the eye. Like he sacrificed that eye. Or maybe he lost the eye and know and knew that it was gone and would let and so we waited a couple of weeks, fed him some frozen thawed, did it again, did the exact same thing. But a frozen thawed mouse, he would just bite it in the face and eat it. So Weird. something, yeah. He was a wild one, that one. Should have named it Scott. Should have named it Scott. Yeah, Scott says smooth scaled stuff shows scarring more prominently. Yeah. You know, the the thing is, um, with this I I have a thing for the ones that just have the smooth scales and no pattern because it just I, something about it just shows off the 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 serpent. Like you can see yeah. it's just like you're looking at the <laughs> the snake not like oh look at this pattern like you're looking at the pattern you're just like whoa look at the way it's like coiled like that or i don't know it's just something that's just a little bit different that i just really am into i I really think it's gorgeous we share our things we like about it you know yeah some people like stripes some people like bands i'm team banded you know and me too me too phil yeah, I like the bands, and I'm like, why the hell are you putting stripes on that uh, Centralian <laughs> python? <laughs> don't don't <laughs> like, tell that's Billy. My, that's my pet peeve. I'm like, out of all the snakes in the world, <laughs> do you can not, never show me a striped um, um, Centralian python that's more beautiful than a banded one, in my personal <laughs> opinion. Yeah, Scott just chimed in. He says, Mulga's are the epitome of fuck around and find out. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. Well, we're at the two-hour mark. So, Lisa, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Lisa Farina at either Instagram or Facebook, I guess. Um, I might not answer. <laughs> I'm not good at, like... Um, checking my stuff like so if, if I don't answer don't take it personally it's probably just me not knowing how to work my Facebook page or my Instagram they're not making it easier for anybody with all these weird updates and stuff they keep doing yeah and that yeah like I, I, I'll find that someone had sent me a message and I'm like I didn't see that and it yeah. was like months yeah. ago it's it's getting ridiculous 
Yep. Roll with the punches. So. And they wonder why everyone's jumping ship on Facebook. Yep. Yep. What are you going to do? Is there anything else you guys want to talk about, kids? Thanks so much for having me on, guys. I really respect both of you guys. I love your style. It's our pleasure. Um, (laughs) Like, I just really, I can't say enough good things about you guys. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We love having you on and glad that you're part of the part of the click. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day I'll come to Florida and uh, go to Daytona and hang yeah. out in a yeah. smoking gazebo. Even, I'm not it. a smoker. I actually, I'm allergic to cigarette smoke, but I'll, I would definitely go like brave it's, it. It's a gazebo. It's, it's open guys. air. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. It's got the sea breeze. You'll be good to go. Yeah. It's definitely breezy enough. You don't have to worry about that. There's yeah. no stagnant air on that beach at all. Yeah. So it's good times. Good times. Yeah. This <laughs> episode right, was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Blackboxcages.com. Damn it. All right. Uh, and then Puget Sound Pythons. Also Facebook, Instagram. The fine folks, Jeff and Kendra. And uh, we'll be back. So we were going to be doing Corn Stars Thursday but there's a scheduling thing, so maybe ConjoCast Thursday. Ooh. I haven't fully decided yet. Don't tease us, Smitty. I know. I know. <laughs> but something will be happening Thursday. I just don't know what. Okay. So. What were you going to say, Lisa? I was just going to say, guys, don't forget to show up early for the um, – well, I mean, to the next snake and sto- snakes and stogies, um, so you can get in on the um, yes, yeah, the quiz, good. the weekly quizzes. Absolutely, we'll, we'll try and we'll try and get better at it. You know, maybe choose species that people actually know exist. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sorry, we know guys. now. <laughs> uh, yes. All right, Mike Kosicki and Tim Fryson, hit me up. Keller, text me. Yep. We will see everybody later. Thank you. Bye. Good night.